genre. Back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we're such Boy Scouts as we analyze and celebrate Spider-Man Three One. Your trash, Brock, minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli, and I'm Wally. Welcome back, Wally. Oh, good to be back, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're back today for Minute Ninety Two, Spider-Man Three, which begins with Brock hanging his framed, framing front page on the wall, and yep. ends with uh, him telling Betty that, yeah, no, we're all right. Everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um. So I love I uh, you know look. There's a lot that I that I love about this score that doesn't get any credit because it's not Elfman. Yeah. But god damn that symbiote theme is good. It is. It's real good. It's well, real good. It stands up next to anything that Elfman wrote in the previous two films. Well, I mean, it's Christopher Young who yeah. is you know among the masters of horror scoring. Yeah. Like he is. Like right up there, he he did out of this um, his Raimi connection. He did uh, "Drag Me to Hell," yeah, which is oh my god, maybe the greatest modern so score. Good. Like it is up there with the Omen in terms yeah. of how evocative of a, uh, a a sort of you know horror theme is. Uh, and and when he came on board to this, which he worked a little bit on Spider Man Two, like in sort of spot spots mm-hmm. um just because he was a composer around town um which is how he got in the door for this uh having him get a chance to fully write the theme for the symbiote i think it was the only unequivocally perfect choice that yeah. they could have made on this like i could not think of a another composer maybe even like vintage howard shore wouldn't have been as perfect for something yeah. like this than yeah. Christopher Young. Yeah, well, I mean, and the thing about it was that the thing that's so interesting. I mean, we talked about this last season, but I mean, the re- the way that Christopher Christopher Young got this job was that they asked uh, Sam Raimi asked Danny Elfman to mimic a Christopher Young score in Spider Man Two, and Danny Elfman was like, "Screw you guys, yeah. I'm out of here," <laughs> um, and bailed. And then they just used Christopher Young's score just verbatim in the movie, built a relationship with him from buying it from him. And then when Danny Elfman refused to come back for the third film, they were like, "You just want to do it?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> All right. I mean, it's 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 crazy. Yeah. It's it's that's so weird. And um, was it somehow they mended the bridge a bit, like mid production and? Elfman helped a little bit on the tail end of Spider-Man. Yeah, he just yeah. he basically just helped uh, helped uh, Christopher Young with like transitional material and okay. things like that, yeah. so that the scores that were already in use of Danny Elfman's and themes and things could be massaged into Christopher Young's stuff. score. Yeah, Got it. basically like pointing out like here's how I would do stuff like this and stuff like this, and then mm-hmm. that basically it. He was like a consultant Got essentially. It. Got it. Yeah, it it uh, rocks. Yeah, it I mean, rocks. I don't know. Ba-na-na-na-na-na. It's like oh, it gets it gets me excited. Yeah, like and, and amped up, and it's like dark and moody and cool. I don't have like you know proper musical analysis chops to describe it. I just know that it does what it's supposed to do emotionally, yeah. and and does it in a way that like sticks with me. Like I I can 
I can't point out a lot of things like, like just off the top of my head from like random movie scores from the mid two thousands, but you play that and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, in black. Yeah. <laughs> I actually uh, had the good fortune to interview Chris for Young oh, uh, wow. right or maybe a year or two after this, mm-hmm. um, and he like thought incredibly highly of the whole experience, and I think that the um, the rivalry, the the Danny Elfman, Sam Raimi thing is uh, a little overblown in, you know, sort of the, the dramatizing stories because sometimes some people will tell it as if, like, they had a scorched earth thing for right. years and other times you realize, well, yeah, actually, well, Danny did come back and do some stuff on these movies. Like, they're, they're friends and, you know, sometimes friends, you know, you know, fall out. Right. Um, and, yeah. uh, but the way Chris Young talks about working on it was it was the biggest blast he had uh, to deal with uh, the sort of the temp sort of thing. But, you know, Christopher Young took it in stride and got to just sort of go with it in his own way. Uh, and I just think that the temperament uh, that he brought to it, I can just imagine this long white hair sort of hippie <laughs> kind of guy yeah. just going to be like, let's see, let's scare some kids, guys. Let's yeah. Have some fun with it. <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah. No, it's, it's really great. Um, so, this this uh this scene i guess is um really great because it's just peter handing topher a shovel <laughs> and just going keep digging buddy i mean it literally he just dig your own grave <laughs> Yeah, I like to think that's what he meant by place some dirt in the eye. Yeah, is oh, that is. you're gonna dig your own hole, uh, and in the process, some dirt is probably gonna be placed upon your eye. Makes sense. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just want to say, I, I 100 absolutely love the intro shot of Peter here when mm-hmm. they hang the, uh, f- the thing on the wall, and you see him in the reflection. Yeah, and we have that musical sting. It's yeah. like. I think one of my favorite shots in the film. It's really, good. It's really fun. It's really fun. And alarming. And they like rack focus back to Topher's eyes right after it. It's just an involved shot that I'm sure was like really weird to set up, but it's like so smooth in the moment. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. The only, the only part that makes me a little, makes me feel a little icky in mm-hmm. this is the way that Toby acts as black symbiote Spider-Man, especially in this scene in particular. Um, it feels like, this is what it felt like to play poker with him during this period. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> so it makes me feel a little icky there where I'm just like, I, I feel like maybe you're not acting a lot here. Yeah. I feel um, like this is a bit too real. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, there's a weird line there, right? Between, uh, or we're showing a character like be confident in like this new space but we need to be able to tell that he's a jerk and he's Mm -hmm. doing jerk things but he's enjoying it but i don't want to feel that the actor is like genuinely enjoying being like a jerk like a jerk jerk yeah a jerk ass yeah like like words that we probably can't use on this podcast like i i (laughs) i watch this and it's not especially because like we've seen him be kind of checked out at times in other parts of this film. Right. That he is so present fully here. I'm yeah. a little nervous. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> oh, Toby, you are way too good in this scene. Uh, you're way oh, too good in this. Yeah. yeah we're going to it's cut fu- for lunch right now. Funny you should say that. Like that that vibe he's got there where yeah. it's just like, don't you know who I am? I, mm, it, yeah. may, it does make my skin curl. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. In, in ways that I don't know is intentional. Yeah. <laughs> right. Once again, though, in, in the vacuum of the scene, though, 
Peter totally right. Oh yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah. The way not only that, like what he's about to do in terms of like getting the job. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, coming in a couple days. Like he's just always like they set it up so much that like he's not wrong. And he's just being the douchiest version of a human you can be yeah. to express it. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that like just any moment in time where Peter is douche Peter, I thrill at. Like yeah. that is to me It's entertaining as hell. It's yeah. it's entertaining, but also as someone that's always just really loved Peter Parker and identified with the nerdy kid that, you know, can go off and do stuff, mm-hmm. like just knowing that that's his evil is just being a huge douche. Yeah, is like because that's what he's experienced. Like yeah. to him, that's that's the height of uh, of awfulness is just being a jerk because yeah. people have been jerks to him. Yeah, you know his whole life. So like, there's something really uh, cathartic in that idea of like, oh, you're finally confident enough to rock that very unfortunate haircut <laughs> and walk into that room and tell off anyone that's that's you know been giving you some bully yeah. troubles uh it like it's kind of like yeah. it, uh, again doorstep of a better movie like that yeah. could have played to a lot of expectations and made a lot of people really uncomfortable later on the turn right when you keep going down that path but yeah this early stuff is just so so smart knowing who and what peter is as a character yeah and this peter from these films like i don't know if every version of peter this would be their like evil version but this one understands so fully how much of an absolute dweeb he is like i i feel like i can picture in my mind's eye what andrew garfield's symbiote spider-man would be like right yeah um but then i think about tom I don't know what Ooh. that would be like. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know if he is at a place with the character where he could even do that yet. Yeah. Um. I think. I think we're. I think we're still a few movies away before I would be comfortable with him doing that sort of turn. The symbiote turn. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, the thing with Tom Holland is he's a little too like Tweet. broad stroke yeah uh you know goody two shoesy yeah. like always the oh, right thing oh right. jeez mr stark yeah yeah, I just, uh, yeah. W- which means the total end of that spectrum is just the equally a stereotypical bully so if yeah. they were to try to do that it, they would either have to do it in a different way or right. um you know evolve the characters you say because you're right where he is right now like that would just that it works for what it is couldn't work on that yeah and you need a toby Maguire. With his For specific this. energy, yeah. to make this fun, like we think it's fun, yes. and right. not not like bad, like all the dumb people think it's bad. Yeah, right. you don't you don't want people to be cheering along, you know, like yeah. yeah, and and this version of Peter, and that's the trouble, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like that's that's the tr- the line you have to cross because the people who are really mad about this movie are the ones that want to cheer, cheer him along. on for yeah. like killing the bad guys and like right. why does he even have to say goodbye to the black suit why can't he just wear it all the time right. why can't he just be the punisher why can't he just be a different character why wasn't like, he <laughs> why wasn't he super cool in this in the this black suit is so cool yeah it's like mm, no that's 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 not where we're yeah at. there's there's a lot of people including a lot of the creators in the 90s who did the black suit who <laughs> Uh, kind of missed the point entirely on right. that that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I th- there is something not soft or like delicate cuz I mean he's 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 a jerk right now. He's yeah. busting busting people up and stuff. But like it's it, it warms my heart a bit to see this type of evil. Yeah. Like that this is this is not a evil Peter that is like murdering people in the streets yeah. or stuff like that. You know, right. like he he fought a sand creature and was like not 
bent up about it, but like <laughs> that's not as there's no like dark. This isn't dark gritty. Like this, this is the dark like tone that this film paints in. But this is not dark gritty seriousness shenanigans. Right. right. And that's you, what I love. You know what he is? He's he's essentially channeling a. 60s Batman villain. Yes. Like, that's the level of evil he is yes. right now. He's like Eggman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because I was exactly going to say Vincent Price. Like, that's exactly... Yes. He's like Vincent Price evil. Yeah. 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 And that's a tone that we don't see people painting this color very often these days. No. I like it. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's solid. I mean, you know, I mean, the thing about it is it's just so... And, and I miss this. I really mm. do. Mm. The idea of a filmmaker having a identity on the uh, franchise film that they're making, you know? Mm. And we don't get that as much. We have like brands, like the Marvel brand. And every once in a while you get one where it's like, like the James Gunn, where it's like, okay, I mean, no one else but James Gunn can make a Guardians movie as right. it stands, right? right? Maybe they'll make another Guardians of the Galaxy series later on and that's going to be somebody else. Mm. But right now it's like, that's his thing and no one really wants to see anyone else touch that, right? Right, right, right. now. Uh, Taika Waititi. Amazing. Amazing, yeah. right? Very, very good choice. And and you can see his perspective on certain things and the way he's probably going to adapt certain things. And you get that. And here, this is this is Sam. And it's like, you know, I was talking to, um, you know, Rutger Hauer, Howard died. Recently. Is that how, Rutger? Rutger Hauer. Hauer? Hauer, yeah. right. Yeah. Rutger Hauer passed away. And uh, uh, I commented on uh, someone's post about it um, and said... The thing that makes me sad about Rutger Hauer is, and, and Tim Burton stopping making Batman movies at Returns, is that he would have made an amazing Tim Burton Mr. Freeze. Oh. Like, like that, but, but specifically <laughs> Tim Burton's Mr. Freeze. No one else's Mr. Freeze, just Tim Burton's Mr. Freeze. But like the fact that I could say that shows you like how much his perspective are in those movies that he made. Yeah. And I feel like this, it's the same thing here where it's yeah. like this take wouldn't work in anyone else's Spider-Man except for Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Yeah. What's interesting about that in... You know, I was just thinking in my head because my immediate response is like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> and then you just said all the examples I would have said. So like, okay, that really takes the legs out from under that argument. <laughs> um, but I think that it kind of is analogous to in comic books, the difference between an artist-led book and a, and a writer-led book. Yes. Ooh. Like, Ooh. So like the difference between uh, the Claremont X-Men and the Jim Lee X-Men was, yes. was, you know, the visual stylist, ironically, because Claremont was writing the Jim Lee X Men, but for, but you're but you are correct for yeah. for like two issues and then left because he wasn't happy with the right, level of control right, right. they were giving the sure, artist. Sure. So <laughs> the idea of like the the movies just did it reverse because it's a more inherently visual medium uh, film, mm -hmm. um, whereas comic books kind of come from a literature tradition ultimately to where right. it's at. It's like synergy, um, yeah. 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 So, so it, it ended up being flipped very naturally that the more visually uh, arresting uh, filmmakers in this particular genre were the ones that were immediately going to have an impact. Uh, mm -hmm. And then now that we are very healthily accepting of this sort of stuff, uh, the writers who are coming in and having a more character driven mm -hmm. work you know. writers and creator producers yeah, yeah. I mean, people because like the Russo brothers don't have a visual style per se right. but you know when you're watching a Russo brother Marvel movie just because of the way that the interactions are so effortless and the right. way that you can balance all that stuff right. mm -hmm. um, so I, it's interesting that because I don't particularly lament the the lack of this because I think the the 
the world where the Sam Raimi's and the Tim Burton's of the world get to do their stuff are also the world where we would have gotten like the Edgar Wright Ant-Man, which I know everyone has that as like a Holy Grail should have been. But Peyton Reed's Ant-Man is, I think, a fantastic piece of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Edgar Wright's Ant-Man would have been an amazing Edgar Wright movie. Yes. But not have fit into the yeah. Marvel universe, and we wouldn't have had the Paul Rudd I, moments in the bigger Marvel universe, right? Without of that, it. but yeah. I can, but I can simultaneously say that Peyton Reed's Ant Man is my favorite Marvel movie, which it is, and simultaneously lament the Edgar Wright Ant Man movie. Like, I, like I, <laughs> I feel both ways. Right, like, I right. feel both ways. Yeah. Um. And and I don't think I don't think that that necessarily takes away from anything. I mean, right. my 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 thing is like i just like the idea of what the idea of what dc is supposedly doing now which is like we're gonna have universe movies but also we're gonna do these other things that are just creative driven and we're just gonna let artists do whatever they want with these characters because that's kind of what we do in comics and that's interesting and And that's something that we could do that no one else is doing right right, that we can stake out that this is the thing yeah no one else is really and if it works because as much as i'm not looking forward to joker um, mostly because I've read the script and uh, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, but but as much as I'm personally, I'm not looking forward to it. But I'm not the target audience for that, so that's understandable. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. I do hope it's it's a success because I want them to take more chances like that. Right, where it's like, but. Also, they need to not learn the wrong lesson from that and yeah. think that we should just make R-rated taxi driver riffs on all the characters. Right, right. The, um, the, the, the lesson to be learned is like let people do unique things that aren't 100% connected to everything else. Right, you know, right. Do a, For funsies. Yeah, yeah. Do a 1970s take on this material. Do a 1980s Wonder right. Woman. Why not? You know, It would be so cool if instead of doing a Daredevil that is set in the modern continuity do jessica jones and luke cage bring all of them back but set them in the 70s of the marvel universe an era that we've never touched before yeah and just like this this is where these movies are going to exist they're not going to have anything to do with the avengers because the avengers don't exist yet captain america existed once a long time ago shield is just starting up (laughs) in the background but we're in dirty hell's kitchen and and this is what these characters are dealing with. That would be cool. And it would be like its own aesthetic and the whole thing. But like, I just, I want more of that. I want more mm-hmm. of like, let's do something a little different, you know? And, and I think that would be, I think that would be cool. And DC luckily has the power to do that right now. Cause they don't really have anything that's quite working perfectly other than <laughs> Wonder Woman and Shazam. Um, but but those are working not in conjunction with each other, but like yeah. just separately. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping that they they run with that ball and they let Marvel do Marvel's thing and they don't worry about that. The cool thing though about what Marvel setting up, because yeah. I I agree that yes that would be very cool. Yeah. Uh, is I think that it's just the patience game. Like yeah. when like they're moving at a ridiculous pace. If you can go from 2008's Iron Man to this year's Endgame, yeah. like that is a ridiculous pace. Twenty two movies, twenty three now with Far From Home. Uh, In eleven this, years, yeah, yeah. It, it's stupid fast. Give us just a couple more years, yeah. And once they fully introduce the multiverse, yeah, that I think is exactly the direction that they take it. That'd be cool. They say yeah. we have all these characters that don't necessarily fit into this sort of main line. We've introduced now how you can tell these stories in all these alternate kind of uh, avenues and then you have the opportunity like the comic books where those 
can exist based on purely uh, a creator's driven desire to tell a specific story. I think of like the Batman Year One as a really good example at DC, where mm-hmm. someone had a really good idea for a story. DC uh, was looking for more graphic novel-based ideas, so they they said, "Let's go with it," and it eventually just became part of the mythos of of Batman for the next two decades. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think can happen. It can't happen in the DC version of it right now, which is in the crumbles. They just kind of gravitate towards what's working yeah. versus what Marvel's doing, where if they do that and they do do like a seventies era era defenders kind of thing. Yeah. And that turns into a guardians level surprise hit. It's very easy to fold that into the existing larger timeline in right. its own necessary necessary way while keeping the silo of that universe and i think that marvel's already doing that if you look at guardians 2 uh, a sequel to their biggest surprise hit of the whole bunch uh they gave the big may slot and it took place timeline like years before the current other stuff that's in the universe, it had nothing to do with the larger scale thing. Yeah. Right. They just played in a style that the filmmaker wanted to play in right. to tell its story. But because it was so successful, they figured out a way to then also merge that in with the Avengers a couple of years later. Right. And now, I mean, I guess we'll see if they completely stick the landing we'll with three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause how do you, do you, can you come back out of it on the other end, which is, I guess not something we've seen yet where right. someone can start in their own pocket introduced into the larger thing now can we pull it back out and still make a really great guardians 3 i think if they do that that kind of slam dunks a universe where all of that's possible if they fail then i think that you still create a point where it if something is completely separate like that has value too yeah like let's not go to too far in either end of the spectrum um which right now we're fast moving too far into the shared universe category we do have to start coming back at a certain point Mm -hmm. in time i think we kind of already have started coming back i mean there's been so many failures that i think every studio is like okay maybe 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 let's pump the brakes on that maybe we won't have yeah everybody try to do that yeah Yeah, and it's again it's that thing where it's just like we're we're a few years out from that like platonic ideal of it all you know working mm-hmm. that we could have our cake and eat it too basically right. and so when we're in this space when i look back at a movie like spider-man 3 or like a tim burton batman right i i still feel the pull of that like unique weirdness mm-hmm. off in the corner of a universe yeah i just think it's so interesting yeah like, even even the nolan take on batman is only nolan could pull that off properly and we we've seen proof of that because (laughs) because someone else tried to do it with superman and it didn't work out as well um i mean what is your uh, definition of success because that dude got several more movies he did army of fans who literally put up a give us the snyder cut billboard at comic-con this year yeah yeah Uh, Uh, yeah. anyway uh it's it i mean it's it's uh i guess it depends on how you uh, define success success and working and what i think yeah it's like it's a that's a satisfying story about these things. But I, care about, yeah. but more, more, more than anything, I'm when I'm talking about um, Man of Steel as a as a failure of a of a of Nolan, a Nolan aping thing. Yeah, it's a failure of a Nolan aping thing. It's like it 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 wasn't a Zack Snyder movie. It wasn't a Christopher Nolan movie. Like it was neither thing, and therefore it was kind of just nothing. And I wish it was just one or the other. Like either Nolan directing a Superman movie. Or Zack Snyder making his own Superman his movie own that was his weird thing. thing, you know? Yeah. I would rather see either or. Um, it's the reason why I can enjoy Batman v Superman, uh, Dawn of Justice, if we're saying the whole title. Um <laughs> I can enjoy that from the perspective of like, this is an interesting take on this guy's perspective of these characters. Yeah. I don't take it as like, yeah, that's not my Superman. That's not my Batman. 
but it's an interesting vision of what those characters are based on all of the things that makes that guy that guy you know yeah, and i and yeah. i and i find it interesting from that perspective so even when there's movies that i don't like right that i don't love like i love those tim burton batman movies or the sam raimi spider-man movies i can still look at movies that i don't particularly care for from a creator putting everything of themselves into it and i can respect it from a certain perspective yeah and that's how i feel about that i, I just i really like that and i'm i'm very hopeful to see more of that out of the dc movies because i think it's the thing that they have that mm-hmm. marvel that does can, it right they now. can lean into it's quicker just, yeah it's they'll it's just, get to that spot earlier than marvel can because we're we're still have all these wheels turning before we can get to multiverse stuff. right right yeah right yeah. um and i'm excited for marvel to get there too right now they're 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 uh their focus is on other things and that's totally fair because it's working like gangbusters for them <laughs> yeah. well yeah and i think it's it, it's they're closer because it's front door back door right like marvel's trying to go the front door because they want to a build the idea that you understand that all of this can be connected while also being very different where dc is right. just like uh throwing in the towel uh yeah wonder woman's still go uh Try aquaman's are most successful cool who knew that was coming down the, they're yeah. the, they're honestly they every move they make is it's going to be such a like no one there knows if it's going to work or not that they're just like i don't know is joker going to be That's a billion dollar movie or is it going to make 10 bucks is you know wonder woman 2 going to fulfill this like super franchise or is it going to crumble down to earth because we brought in uh what's her face from snl to be the villain and that is a huge red flag um in my mind like they, there's such risk going on at, at everything that because they don't know any better yeah. right they, like the bringing in james gunn for suicide squad 2 felt like to, the thing they do just because like james gunn was available right, like, like, right. they were going to call <laughs> disney's bluff on their grand maneuver uh and and kind of force their hand and you know got their little piece of james gunn they did the same thing with joss whedon right and they, i guarantee you they thought oh we'll get joss whedon we'll give him a batwoman movie and we'll have him avengerize our justice league and that'll solve everything it'll work right. it. and it did and it couldn't have been the a worse idea like right. it would have been better to just give us the snyder thing right because it would have at least shut the snyder fans up <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it's it's a uniquely like weird like exciting risk space there that at least DC is already swimming in those waters. Right. So I feel like we'll get the interesting like fish from those waters sooner. Yeah, it's like it, it's <laughs> like Marvel like Marvel was Marvel Studios was Kevin Feige walking to the beach and then slowly wading into the water. Mm-hmm. And DC flew a helicopter over the deepest part of the ocean. It was like dog paddle. <laughs> and just and they just keep dropping filmmakers into the ocean. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. See ya. <laughs> and I'm just imagining the Batcopter from the 60s Batman movie just sort yeah. of like dropping them in, peppering them in. Yeah. Oh, some days you can't get rid of an Oscar winner. Oh, man. Um, anyway, um, back to, to the say, minute. Back to the minute, though. All that to say, this is a unique take on Eddie Brock and a unique take on uh, Black Suit Spider-Man. And yes. it's fun to watch. Yeah. Then bounce off each other. I do have one very important question that this is the right minute to ask, and I need okay. your guys' opinions on All this. Right. Okay. The concept of the large printing the front page and, mm-hmm. and hanging it in the Bugle office. Yes. Clearly, that's a limited scarcity maneuver. They yes. don't have enough wall space for everything. There never seems to be white space on the wall, so that means it's usually always full. Yeah. What prompted this? Was it issue sales or, or uh, it's, edition it's, sales? It's the fact that... 
Jonah's getting what he always wanted, which was proof that that Spider-Man's, Spider-Man's a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Then why on earth didn't we get that scene? Where is that scene of Jonah like reveling in his just like rubbing I don't you know, know. butter on his chest, <laughs> being like, I knew it. I knew it. I that knew it. Menace. It's uh it, it is unfortunate that, that scene doesn't exist because yeah. it's shit. There is Maybe video it's... of him in the Spider Man suit jumping on his desk yeah. from the first movie. Why does that so, exist and not one simple, beautiful character moment that we've been waiting for for three films? Yeah. No, that's a that is a perfect question that doesn't have a satisfactory answer because it should be in here. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe it's in the longer version of the script. Maybe they chop could it be, down. could be. You know, that's very true. I I want to dig into the Sony. I want to get a job at Sony just so I can dig into their libraries and find that <laughs> script because I want to read it so badly, so badly. Yeah. Um. Just just give me the script and a photocopier. I just it's very uh, <laughs> similar. Um. Uh, oh man, the very uh. Similar. similar and then that weird shot of like just the dip down to his chest while he's just like kind of like <sighs> the dip itching what? his chest that that had to come from like a previous script where like it was the spider on his uh, suit that was talking to him or something right or something Cause has he, to be i don't know what this is like as it exists here i almost feel like any one of the three things that are happening there yeah. i'd be fine with even a combination of two all three of them at once i'm like what are you doing yeah because there's the rubbing the thing as you're uh, similar. There's having the musical sting as you're rubbing the yeah. chest. And then there's the tilt down as you're rubbing the yeah. chest. And it's just a little, a little, little too much. It's a little too much. A little too much there. It's too many things. That's too many things. Yeah. It's too many things. But it, it, it just doesn't make any sense <laughs> no. in terms of <laughs> never before has the chest been an issue. There's not like a chafing you yeah. know, subplot. Yeah, no. There's him? no, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> chafing like, subplot. Yeah. yeah. He didn't baby powder that area. Yeah. Um, there's no like emanating force like telling him to do anything. It, it's not like he's not having dreams of like the spider eating him alive or something like that, which no. I feel is what you probably would do or maybe is you know, written somewhere. I'm, yeah. I'm completely guessing, but like, yeah, you would need something like that for him to justify uh, fiddling with the spider. I feel like if you didn't do the tilt down, he could have just be weird and fiddling with his shirt. Mm-hmm. But because the tilt down is there, and you just had the reverse Superman scene, so you know that's exactly where it is on the button up. Like you just it, now, I'm just thinking about chest emblems instead yeah. of being in the scene. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and it's also like it looks very uh, similar, similar. Uh, as in like the. The suit you're wearing? Yeah, it's a picture of you in that suit, Peter. Like, it, it doesn't, like, what he's doing doesn't make sense. Because we, at this point, do not know that it is a doctored photo of one of his photos. Right. We just think, I, I mean, I would just assume that it's like, oh, he took a photo of him at the crime scene that he saw him at when he went to go get the Sandman, and then he added the money, right? Right. And that was what he, that's what he added. Um, but, so, like... Oh, so you're right. He had to. I didn't think about this. He had to not just Photoshop in the money and the background. He also had to meticulously change the yeah. color of the suit well enough to match the eyeballs of everyone that has now seen Spider-Man in this suit. Yeah, yeah. That he's really good at Photoshop. He is he good is. at Photoshop, That's especially true. you know that it seems to be done early 2000s version of Photoshop or yeah. it, does this universe even have Photoshop because it barely Good had question. cell phones until the like earlier in this movie yeah that's true this place out of time first, first appearance of cell phones was yeah. in this movie well no we had the one earlier in the first movie with Harry um, we talked about oh yeah, yeah 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 we had the big one he has the little mini the, the little one that he's like 
One, one, um, one thing, though, too, in here, I love how the proof is just a printout of the same picture yeah. with just, like, circles yeah, on it yeah. of, like, oh, yeah, his upper thigh is clearly not this shape. Well, that is, well it's but not then, about shapes. There's there's words you can read. But is then in, in the next minute, minute? no, no, in, the, in tomorrow's minute, we actually get the original photo Yeah. Um, in tomorrow's minute. But but here, yeah, um, he uh, <laughs> he said, and then we get the, we get the, the amazing line, you're trash, Brock. Trash, Brock. Uh, which is <laughs> really good. Uh, I love, I love that line. You're trash, bro. Trash, bro. Excuse me. Yeah. Like Excuse he's me? like, like I'm gonna fight you right now. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. Did you just call me trash, <laughs> bro. Pictures uh, fake. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was just being polite and asking for his trash bin so he could take it. Out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then he says this thing where once he's caught, he call. He says, "You're such a boy, God Parker. You're such a boy scout." And I'm like, I. I what are you Biff Tannen like <laughs> you're just like if you don't if you don't if you don't give me my homework early enough so that I can write it in my handwriting they know that I'm t- stealing from you uh, it's like that kind of logic of just like why won't you just let me steal your photo you and get your cheat? job why don't you just let me cheat bro why don't you just let me take your job from you but that's and that's exactly it's not even just the cheating thing which is already doofus enough it's the literally oh wait so you're gonna call me out on literally uh forging this picture getting the job you really wanted that you clearly deserve and the adulation of the crowd while also uh you know being a jerk to you in the process like all of that he's still mid-party right now (laughs) it's it's still happening You're such a Boy Scout, Parker. (laughs) (sighs) Only Boy Scouts would do exactly the normal, completely right thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a boy. I can't believe. I can't believe. Only a Boy Scout wouldn't let me steal their photos, doctor it, and take it as my own so that I could steal your job from you. Um, Also, (laughs) the irony of the fact that if he didn't have the symbiote suit, Peter Parker probably wouldn't have confronted him on it. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. He would have just taken it. (laughs) The bad version is the Boy Scout, and the good version probably would have just rolled over. The good version. Versions like what is that thing about? Uh, the only thing necessary for evil to flourish is for good people to do nothing. The yeah. good Spidey would have done nothing, but the yeah. bad Spidey stood up. <laughs> yeah. Once again, this Peter Parker is right. He's yeah. There's, yeah. there's. I've yet to be introduced in the last two minutes to anything that says otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh, and then there's this bit where he says, uh, he goes, Parker, why can't you just give a guy a break? And then he slams him into the into the into the frame, uh-huh. breaking the glass. Ha-ha. Subtlety. But okay, so he says, please, or like why why can't you just give a guy a break? And then Peter's response is, if you want forgiveness, find religion. What what are you responding to? He didn't ask for forgiveness. He asked for a break. Yeah. What does that have to do with forgiveness? Why are you bringing religion into this? Well, because, Scott, if nobody says the word forgiveness out loud in this movie, yeah. then how will anybody know the, what the theme the is? The subtlety of this bit here is just ridiculous. It's remarkable because <laughs> the, why can't you give a guy a break? And then he does literally give him a break on, <laughs> on the glass in the frame. And then if you want forgiveness, why don't you find religion? And then later, of course... He ends up in a church to ask God to please kill Peter Parker. Um, He's real good at taking advice. Yeah, I guess so. It's just it's the it's the subtlety of like a of just a brick thrown directly at your face. It's almost like when you're 
like in an improv troupe and you know someone's gone a little off the deep end and so someone has to like say a line that just doesn't work but it gets everyone back on track Mm -hmm. like that's what that is it's like oh why can't you just give a guy a break if you want forgiveness, find religion. <laughs> yeah. That was a mostly visual bit. I understand this is a podcast. So just know that that laughter was weller. He, he really leaned on the forgiveness as in, I'm telling you where you should be aiming this bit back. Okay, forgiveness. You got the forget forgiveness. Get religion. Yeah. Yeah, redirect. Yeah. yeah. It almost feels like there's like a line cut out or something. Yeah. There's like, this is a shorter version of the scene yeah. in some way. They like cut they cut some lines out and spliced the scene, the two ends of the scene together, and they kind of feel like they work together, but on a technical level, it's like these two things have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. You're you're missing some parts here in the middle. I just like to hope that the long version they also licensed losing my religion. Uh, <laughs> and it played in the background right at the, just sting at that point in time. That was a cover by Blink one eighty two. Or My Chemical Romance. Yeah, there we One go. One or the other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my Chemical Romance works better for an R.E.M. song. For an R.E.M. Listen, yeah. this is a franchise that already has a banger of a Chad Kroger song during the end mm-hmm. credits of one. So and, there is. And Dashboard, Dashboard Confessional, Confessional in the second, in the second right. one. And Snow Patrol in this one. Snow Patrol. Snow Patrol. Weird choice. Great song. Weird choice. Should have been My Chemical Romance. Um <laughs> Just go for it. I've uh, been delighted at how far off the rails we've gone in today's <laughs> episode. I I don't have any more notes on this minute though. No, I think we I think we've we've done everything and then some. Okay, so <laughs> let's go ahead and wrap this one up, uh, guys. We do have a T Public store. If you haven't checked it out, it's duelinggenre.com/slash/merch. We get a cut of anything that you buy in our store or anything in T Public. Uh, so do that if you're in the market for anything that Tee Public happens to offer. That's duelinggenre.com slash merch. And we will be back tomorrow with Minute 93. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.